Welcome to the Sleepy Cues Podcast, where Linda Schmolowitz and Jessica Suiki will share answers to all your questions related to your children's sleep and parenting of young children. We are both certified gentle sleep coaches. Thanks for tuning in to hear the answers to the many questions that come up with the families we work with. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Sleepy Cues Podcast. This is Linda Schmolowitz, owner of Sleep Tight Consultants. So before we get started with talking about today's topic, I just wanted to remind you that if you have been enjoying this podcast um, and learning from it and appreciate the content that we share with you, please, please, please write us your five-star review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. This always helps us and we greatly appreciate it. Also, if you have questions about things that you want answered here on uh, one of our episodes, please send us a direct message through our Instagram, which is at Sleepy Cues Podcast. We would be happy to answer your questions here and we love hearing from our audience. So today we're going to be talking about a sleep topic that I feel like comes up so often, um, especially in the early months with babies, but certainly can be something that lasts beyond those first months as well. And so that is the topic of short naps for babies, especially those under six months. Um, but we're going to talk about why it happens for younger babies. We're going to also talk about short naps for children beyond those early months and what to do about that. So for newborns in those early days and weeks, naps are often all over the place. They're mostly held. We in my house used to refer to this as the tree frog stage where your baby will sleep on you with their legs all scrunched up, kind of up in their belly and they're being held and they sleep really well like that. They sleep for long periods of time like that and they're pretty happy being held in that situation. Often we have to wake children from those long naps when they're held like that just because you want to flip their days and nights. So when babies are born, often they're awake much more at night because when you're pregnant and they're inside you, they're more active at night because that's when you're laying still and then they're often sleeping during the day when you're moving around. So your first job when you have a newborn is to get their days and nights straightened out. So as you move past those early weeks, you probably can still hold them to sleep and put them down asleep in their sleeping space, but you might find that they often start waking up at like 30 minutes or 45 minutes or some babies, you know, their watch tells them time to get up at 36 minutes and then they're up. And you might be able to go in and kind of hold them back to sleep, rock them back to sleep a little bit, maybe pop in a pacifier, and they might go back down in their sleeping space for the remainder of the nap. Sometimes you just end up holding them and that's the only way to extend the nap. So one thing I always just like to ask about and and make sure is clear is that if you're swaddling your baby for sleep at night, you're going to want to do that also for naps. This is going to help them make it past that first 30 minute sleep cycle. So what is a nap really for a baby, especially in the first three months, certainly, you know, in that newborn period? In the beginning, naps are not going to be really established as far as nap times or patterns. It's really not developmentally appropriate for children to take those kinds of predictable naps in the beginning. 
We all know that some children are just naturally better sleepers than others. And if you are blessed with a child who comes out with their own predictable schedule, that's amazing and that's great. But chances are pretty good that you didn't do anything to create that. That's really just who your child is. And certainly there are some babies who are like that. But in the beginning, naps are happening throughout the whole day, kind of around the clock, especially when there's no consolidated night sleep yet. I wish that a nap meant that, you know, you could say, oh, it's time for a nap and I'm going to put you down in your sleeping space and you're going to nap and I'm going to now go do something else and feel like I've accomplished something for the day. But unfortunately, in the beginning, a nap means, okay, you've been awake for X amount of time based on your child's awake window. So please go back and listen to our episode about awake windows. And now it's time for you to sleep. And so that means that maybe I'm going to rock you. Maybe I'm going to hold you. Maybe I'm going to feed you. Maybe we're going to put you in the carrier and go for a walk or go out for a stroll. Or maybe this is the time where we're going to go run all of our errands and you're going to nap in the car seat. That's what a nap means. And it's not, unfortunately, like that blissful put you down and have some time to accomplish something on my own. That's that's not how it looks in the beginning, but you will get there, I promise, eventually. I actually really encourage parents around eight weeks or as you're moving past eight weeks to start practicing putting their baby down awake in their sleeping space for the first nap of the day. And so what this means is that, you know, you're looking at the clock, you're looking at your baby, you're starting to see that their eyes are getting a little bit glassy. Maybe you've seen a yawn or two. They probably at eight weeks have only been awake for maybe 45 minutes, which is just about long enough to change them, feed them, and maybe like make yourself a cup of coffee that you probably haven't had a sip of. And so now it's time for them to take that nap. So you go into the space where they're sleeping. It could be in your room, it could be in their room, it could be a crib, a bassinet. And if your baby is swaddled, you're going to swaddle them. You can close the shades, turn down the lights, maybe you sing a quick song. And that's your nap routine. And now you're putting your child in awake for that nap. And so from here, I usually say to give it about 20 minutes and see what happens. So whether or not your child is going to be able to do this and go in not screaming mad has a lot to do with their temperament. So some babies are pretty chill. You can do this and they'll kind of roll around looking at the room kind of you know just kind of wiggling about and are pretty happy in there if you have a child who's a little bit more alert a little bit more feisty or at least on that end of the temperament spectrum then this may make them very angry and so this might be a child where you're not able to put them down awake at this stage and that's okay that doesn't mean that you won't be able to but you're just not quite at a place where you can do that yet And so I usually say give it about 20 minutes. That is the average amount of time it takes everyone to fall asleep. And in that 20 minutes, you're watching for signs that they're working on soothing themselves. So maybe this is tossing their head side to side, lifting their legs, dropping them down, moaning, fussing, and doing what I refer to as shout outs where they're like, "Ah!" and then they're quiet, and then they do it again, and then they're quiet again. All of that is soothing behavior. And if your baby is doing any or all of those things, I would give them plenty of space and see what they do with it. You might be really surprised that they're able to get themselves to sleep. If it's not happening, if they're escalating, that is an age where babies do not have the ability to soothe and regulate from an escalated state. And so you, at that point, are going to need to go in and do something to help them go to sleep. 
if it's going on and on, you're going much past about 20 minutes and you don't see that this is going in the direction that would lead to sleep, then at that point, it's fine to do whatever you need to do to get them to sleep from there. And that means that, you know, try it again the next day. Try it again in a few days, in a couple weeks. You just don't know when they're going to start to have the capability of doing this on their own. And so it's worthwhile to give them the opportunity to practice and see what they're capable of. If your child is capable of getting themselves to sleep at the beginning of the nap, that is the skill that they then need in order to keep themselves asleep as you get to that 30 or 45 minute mark. So being able to take good, consistent, and predictable naps is really part of a brain maturation process. And that's why in the first six months especially, this can be very difficult. And this is why naps are often very short. If your child is falling asleep on their own at the beginning of the nap, even if their naps are still short, as you're getting closer and closer to the six-month mark, this can start to become much easier and you'll start to see that now they can keep themselves asleep. And, you know, they may still wake up a little bit at that 30-minute mark. You might see them toss around, their eyes are open, and then they actually can go back to sleep. So that's what starts to become easier as they're getting just a little bit older. Another thing that I find really helps with this is as your child is starting to roll. So now they're going in on their back. That is how we are taught to put children to sleep. They roll over onto their bellies and now they kind of wiggle around. They get themselves comfy and they fall asleep like that. I find that that makes it so much easier to get through that sleep cycle because now when they hit that 30 minute mark and they kind of pop up again, they are able to keep themselves asleep rather than kind of being awake and flailing at that point. One thing I also wanted to add is that there's a very wide range of what is normal for naps, especially in the first three months of your child's life. So this is the age where your child needs anywhere from three to six hours of sleep during the daytime. So you may be wondering, what is day and what is night? So daytime is the point where you feed your baby and they are awake and they don't go right back to sleep. Even if it's seven in the morning for say an eight week old and you feed them and everyone falls back to sleep right away, that's a night awakening and until you have to go back to work, I would treat it just like that because this is your opportunity to get a little bit more sleep and as children get older, they won't do that in the early morning anymore and so might as well take advantage of it while you can. So as far as naps, so that's like I said, anytime after you feed them and now they don't go right back down. The range is anywhere, as I was saying, between three and six hours for the day. And that is a huge range. And what that means is that some babies in that early newborn period sleep a lot. They're getting that six hours that you might be thinking, are you sleeping too much? You might be waking them to make sure that you're getting in feeding during the daytime. And some don't sleep so much at all. And they're on the shorter end and that three hour range and you're fighting for every 30 minute nap and you may have six of them during the day. And both of those things are normal. And what I find to be really hard is if you're somebody whose baby is on the short end of that range and you have a friend whose baby is on the long end of that range, that can really make you feel like you're doing something wrong and that something is wrong with your baby and why aren't they sleeping enough. But both of those things are normal and I would just say it's hard to have a friend like that when their child is sleeping so much more than yours. But it's not to say that your child won't become a better sleeper as they get older. As you're moving past six months, and if your child's naps are remaining very short, 
I would definitely make sure that they are falling asleep on their own at the beginning of the nap. So before you're even thinking about that, especially if you're past that six month mark, I would also be thinking about, does my baby fall asleep on their own at bedtime? So the way I think of sort of the order of operations for children to figure out sleep is most often, first they learn how to put themselves to sleep at bedtime. Then they learn how to put themselves back to sleep in the middle of the night. Then they learn how to get themselves back to sleep in the early 4 to 6 a.m. hours. Then they learn how to fall asleep on their own for a nap. And then they learn how to keep themselves asleep for the duration of the nap as you're moving past that 30 or 45 minute mark. And so these are the things that leading up to working on naps, you really want to be thinking about because those are the easier skills. Naps are harder. Naps are way harder than the night sleep. And even though sometimes parents think, oh, let's let's try to work on the naps because at least I'm conscious during the day and I can't deal with this at night. It's actually the reverse in terms of how you want to handle it and how you want to tackle it because I always think let's help them learn how to do the easier things first so that when they get to the harder things, they have the skills from the night, which is so, so important. And so in order for your child to be able to sleep past 30 or 45 minutes for those naps, they have to be able to fall asleep on their own at the beginning of the nap. And so this is where you may have to do a little bit of nap coaching so that you're letting them practice that skill. And then also making sure that when they wake up at 30 or 45 minutes, if they fall asleep on their own, you're giving them time to go back to sleep because as I said, it's normal to wake up at that sleep cycle. And if you go in, you're like, oh, well, I guess your nap's over. I'm just going to get you up. Now they don't actually have to learn how to put themselves back to sleep. And you didn't realize that they could have done that on their own. I would say also, if your child is over six months and you're working on naps and you're putting them down awake and they're waking up at 30 or 45 minutes and now you're holding them back to sleep at that point or feeding them and they're falling back to sleep or whatever it is that you're helping them go back down. This is kind of the point where they know they don't have to do it. And so that's why it also continues to happen. And so when you're giving them time to go back to sleep, you're giving them that time to independently go back to sleep. That may mean that you go in and do like a quick check-in or I find that some children do better with just having a little bit of space so that now they can do that on their own and they don't get quite so angry if you've come in and not done something at that point to help them. So I hope that this has been helpful for anybody out there whose baby is taking a lot of short naps especially if they're under six months. Trust me, it's super frustrating. I totally understand. I have been there. My son did those 30-minute naps until he was probably, it was like about seven months old before I realized like, oh, it's been a couple days before you've had a no nap. And now, oh, it's been a couple more days. And it was just like this gradual process over time. They started to get better and better. Every child is different in terms of when their brain is ready to consolidate that sleep and start to be able to connect those sleep cycles and stay asleep. But you will get there. But there is probably a little bit of work to do to help your child figure out what it is that needs to happen in order to move past that short 30 to 45 minute nap. So thanks so much for joining us today. Like I said earlier, please send us over your questions at our Instagram at Podcast, and we'd be happy to answer them for you. And thanks for tuning in.